If you ever go and read where Peter preaches, he preaches Jesus' name everywhere. That's what he preaches. Philip goes to Samaria, and what does he preach to them? He preaches Jesus. Paul told Timothy to preach the word. Go and look up what the word there is. It's logos. Go back to John 1.1. In the beginning was the word. You want to know what Paul was telling Timothy? He wasn't saying just preach the Bible, which I think is applicable and true. What Paul was telling Timothy is you preach that Jesus name word that you have received. Don't you ever back down from it. Don't you ever walk away from it. You preach the name. You preach Jesus. Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Everything in our lives should come through the name. In Acts chapter 4, when Peter was preaching, it says, be it known unto you all. This is what he preached to them when they asked him, by what authority he, you do this. He says, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. And then in verse 12, he says, neither is there salvation in any other. In any other. There is no other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is only one name that saves us from our sin. There is only one name that washes away every sin. And that name is Jesus. When we are baptized in the name, we are baptized into the body. We gain access to the power. The only way anybody was ever baptized in the Bible is in Jesus' name. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost was sent in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is in the name. Baptism is in the name. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I wonder if you could join me right now at the name of Jesus. If you put your hands together, lift your hands and worship the name. may be seated powers in the name demons are cast out in the name people are healed in the name the enemy fears the name mark 13 13 tells us that and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake Because of my name, people are going to hate you. Because of my name, people are going to revile you and go against you and make fun of you because you won't let go of that name. Acts chapter 4, 19 and 20. Peter, this is what we read earlier. Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken to you more than unto God, judge ye. Because all of us have that choice. 
Who are we going to listen to? To you or to God? All of us have a choice in our life. If we're going to listen to them, if we're going to listen to the voices, if we're going to listen to the naysayers, if we're going to listen to our family, if we're going to listen to our friends, if we're going to listen to society, if we're going to listen to culture, or if we're going to listen to God. Peter was not hesitant. Peter was not, Peter was honestly not very polite about it. He, was, he did not say with all due respect before completely disrespecting them. Anytime anybody says with all due respect, you know they're about to just say the most disrespectful thing you've ever heard in your life. Peter wasn't worried about it. Peter was not careful. He said, you tell me if we should listen to you or listen to God. You judge whether or not we should listen to you or to God. And he says, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You tell me who I ought to obey. You tell me who I ought to listen to. You tell, did you die for my sin? Did you wash me of my sin? Did you shed your blood for me? Did you die on a cross for me? Do you have a name that is above every other name? Are you God Almighty? Because if not, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to him. Whatever he tells me to do, whatever he calls me to do, I'm going to do it with all my might. I can't keep silent. You may be seated. I got to speak what God has given me. I got to do it. Whatever it costs me, whatever I have to give up, whatever I have to lay down, whatever I have to sacrifice, it'll be worth it because I can't help it. I can't keep silent. I got to do what he's called me to do and do what he's asked me to be. Because there were those when Jesus walked the earth in John 12, it says that there were among the chief rulers, many that believed on him. They believed what Jesus was saying. They believed he was the Messiah. They believed he was the chosen one. But then it says because of the Pharisees, the religious people, they did not confess him. They did not speak it. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Or really that was out of their society, out of their community. So that they were not rejected by their community and their friends and their family. They would not confess what they knew was true. They believed. Believing is not enough. The Bible says that, oh, you you believe that there is one God? Good job. The devils believe and tremble. Just because you believe doesn't make you any better than the devil. It goes on in verse 43. It says, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Of God. More than the praise of God. Say how can that be? How could somebody when you compare the two. And yet how many times in our life have we done that? We know what God wants. Oh but to be accepted. Oh but to fit in. Oh God it, it can't be that big a deal can it? God wouldn't send me to hell for this would he? Is it a heaven or hell issue? I know it would please God. But isn't it okay if I just fit in a little bit? I, I believe the message. I believe what you're preaching, but I don't want people to know about it. Because we love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Look, I can, I can say this because I'm preaching to myself. I've been there. I'm not talking about something I've never done and never gone through. I understand what that's like in high school to want to fit in. 
I do. I recognize it. I understand it. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. It's a real battle, but we got to make sure that in our life we care most about what he thinks. we got to make up in our mind that no matter what, I'm going to give everything to him. You may sit here and say, but why does it matter? I'm not a preacher. You're talking about preaching. You're talking about proclaiming the name of Jesus. But if you go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, and he said to them, go ye. He's talking to not just a few. He's talking to everybody. He says, go ye into all the world. Go ye into all your schools. Go ye into all your neighborhoods. Go ye into all your family. Go ye into all the world and preach. Did you know that you're called to preach? Every single one of you sitting here is called to preach the gospel to every creature. There is nobody that is beyond the gospel. There is nobody that shouldn't hear about the good news. Because the consequences, the, what's hanging in the balance is so great. Greater than your acceptance and greater than your comfort, what's hanging in the balance. It's verse 16. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And so hanging in the balance tonight is based on our decision. There are so many that only you will be the one who can reach them. And your willingness to submit yourself to the calling of God and go and preach to them will decide their eternity. And so when you say, why does it matter? There are people who don't know you're here tonight that it matters to very greatly. There are classmates that you know that God has dealt with you to talk to. It matters very greatly. Your family, it matters to them. They may not know it. They may not know it, but the stakes are so high. Because if you preach to them and they believe, they will be saved. But if not, they'll be lost. The Bible says they'll be damned. And the honest truth is that we don't have very much time left. We don't, we don't know how long we have left before the Lord comes. I can't tell you. I'm not, I'm not going to predict when it's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you that, that it's going to happen next week, but it may it could happen next week. It could happen next month. I don't know. And you say, well, if you grew up in church, I know I've heard that my whole life. I, I know my, my, when, well, growing up, my grandpa, when he was young, thought the coming of the Lord was soon. You read the Bible, the apostles who wrote scripture thought God was coming back in their day. So I recognize that you may say, well, yeah, I've heard preachers say that all the time. It's no big deal. But, but if you look at the signs of the end, every major sign that the Bible says will precede the return of the Lord in the rapture for the church has happened or is almost complete. You look at all the wickedness the Bible predicts it's happening in our world beyond anything any of us could have predicted even five years ago. Absolute insanity. You look at what's happening in the Middle East and for Israel and everything that's happened there. It is ready. It is ready for the coming of the Lord. And one of the last, uh, uh, one of the, one of the last things that the Bible says will happen, one of the signs of the coming of the Lord is the church falls asleep. And the church stops looking for his return. Can I tell you, there's a few voices that are, that are proclaiming the soon coming of the Lord, but there is a whole lot of the church that has fallen asleep. 
and they think we have so much more time. What does it matter if we have so much more time? I know so-and-so said this, and it's been years, and, and now God hasn't come back yet, and, and, and I, I have some other things to take care of first. Talks about the five wise and five foolish virgins. They had just fallen asleep. The bridegroom was coming back, and here they are sleeping. And the call, when the call goes out, it, even within the church, half of the church, half of the virgins were lost. But the church was asleep. They weren't looking for it. They weren't trying to proclaim his coming. And that's happened. The church has fallen asleep. One last sign that the gospel, or that the Bible says that the gospel would be preached throughout the world. And we now are in almost, we are so nearly in every nation and territory around the world where this more than ever before in the history of the world, we are so close to truly being able to say the gospel is being preached to every creature. If you're, you might have heard of Move the Mission, I'm not going to talk about, about Move the Mission and Giving, that's for another time, but, but we were able, through Move the Mission Giving, that money was taken and helped to support the opening of a nation that, as far as we know, had never before had the gospel preached, the nation of Mayotte. You can go look it up, it's, it's an Access Challenge nation, it's closed off, but because of giving, we were able to go into another country. There are very few left. There's some that on a map you won't read about any missionaries there because it's too dangerous, but there's missionaries there preaching the gospel. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. We are so close to the Lord coming back. We are so close to the trumpet sounding and those who are ready being called away and those who aren't ready being left behind. And once the door is closed, the door is closed. Once the opportunity is passed, it's passed. But... God has gave us a great promise that the church is not going to go down. The church is not going to be weak. The church is not dying out. The church's best days are not behind us. The church's best days are right ahead of us. We are entering into the greatest harvest this world has ever seen. Acts chapter 2, 17 says, It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. He promises to pour out uh, on all flesh of his spirit. And that's going to happen. But he tells us who he's wanting to use. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Young men are going to see visions. Old people are in there too. They're going to dream dreams. We're all in this together. But young people, if you want God to use you, there is an opportunity for those who are hungry for something of God that there is an anointing and a prophetic anointing that is on this generation that God wants to use you. getting ready to close musicians if you want to come sons and daughters shall prophesy that means to speak under the unction under the anointing of this it doesn't mean to walk around and just tell everybody what's going to happen in their life and and to tell them all the sin and that's not what the biblically prophecy is it means to be an anointed mouthpiece of god it means that when you're school god can speak through you to somebody God can, God's wanting to reach to somebody and he can drop something in your spirit that you go and sit down at the table with them and say, hey, I don't know why, but I just feel like God wants to say this to you. And it can be the right thing at the right moment that would absolutely alter the course of, of their life. That God will give you dreams and visions. 
that God will speak to you in an unprecedented and an incredible way. But it's only going to be for those who are willing to sacrifice, those who are willing to go beyond, to not worry about the crowd and not just go along with the flow and not wait for everybody else to do it and just be a part of it. It's not going to be those who back down and give in to the voices who tell you to shut up and don't say it and be quiet and don't preach and don't stand for the name of Jesus. Because there are voices that are telling you that. There are voices that are trying to convince you of that. There are voices that are trying to quiet you down and shut you up. Just go with the flow. Don't stand up. Don't stand out. But God is looking for a generation that will ignore the other voices and instead step out with abandon, walk in faith and power. Go and reach the lost. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach the gospel. I wonder tonight, where are the young people who will say as Peter did, should I listen to you or should I listen to God? I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm not ashamed of the name. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the calling. I'm not ashamed of holiness. I'm not ashamed of righteousness. Would you stand? I wonder if there's anybody here who's willing to be ridiculed. I know that's not the call to the altar that you usually want to hear. I wonder if there's anybody who's willing to be made fun of. Is there anybody who's willing to be ostracized, to be viewed as different or peculiar because you are called to be a chosen generation, a peculiar or weird people, called out of darkness into his marvelous light? I wonder if there's anybody who's willing to be different, to stand up, to be uncomfortable and to be put in hard situations and be turn, everybody turn their backs on you just to reach some, just to reach a few, just to proclaim the gospel to the lost. Would you be willing to stand as Peter did and say, I'm not going to listen to you. I, gotta, I, I have to proclaim what I've seen and heard. I wonder if there's somebody who would be willing to go and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I wonder if there's somebody here who would be willing to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. I wonder if there's somebody who would be willing to submit to the call to preach and teach in the only saving name of Jesus. Listen to me just real quick, and I appreciate you coming. Keep, keep coming, keep coming. But I want us to pray. You can, you can continue to play. I want us to pray the prayer that they prayed. In Acts chapter 4, verse 28, before the result, when the building was shaken, and everybody there was filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. That's what I believe God is going to do for everybody in this altar here tonight. For everybody who's hungry, for everybody who is seeking and yearning. The prayer they prayed was this. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. They prayed, thy will be done. As in not my will, God, I'm not going to put limitations on you. I'm not going to tell you what I'm willing or not willing to do. I'm not going to say as long as it's this way or that way. God, whatever it is, let it be done. And they said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant, they said, God, you recognize what we're facing. God, you recognize the evil hour that we're living in. You recognize that it's not the easiest thing in the world. But they didn't ask for that to go away or for it to become easy. 
They said, grant unto thy service that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They didn't pray for an easy way out. They just said, God, help me to be bold in the face of it. God, your will be done through me. Just give me the boldness to do it. By stretching forth thy hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And so that's the prayers I want you to pray tonight. We already repented at the beginning of the service. I don't feel that it's God's will for us to come here and boohoo and cry and ask for forgiveness for something. If you repented earlier, God's forgiven you. Accept his forgiveness. We hold on to the repentance part for so long, God can't do anything else. Take a step past that. And here's the prayers I want you to pray tonight. God, your will be done in me. God, whatever you speak to me, I'm going to surrender to it. God, whatever you ask of me, I'm going to do it. No questions asked. And can I tell you, if you'll do that, God will speak to you. And God will begin to lead you into some extremely uncomfortable situations. More than likely, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, God is going to ask something of you that you are uncomfortable with. To see if you meant it. And look, what we pray here in the altar tonight is important. But your response when he asks you to step out in faith is equally, if not more important. Because we can't be like the son that said, yes, daddy, I'll go to the field and then didn't go. In fact, it would be better to be one who doesn't come to the altar, who doesn't pray. And then later says, know what, God, I'm sorry. I really did. I really do want to do your will and then go and do what God asked you to do. Too often we pray in an altar and don't do anything beyond that. Don't let this be that kind of altar call. God, forgive us if we let that happen tonight. Pray for God's will to be done in you. Ask for God's boldness to come upon you. That God, when you do ask it of me, help me to have boldness to walk in that. And then number three, God, let signs and wonders happen in your name. Bible says we have not because we ask not. And so at some point tonight before you leave this altar, I want you individually to ask God to use you in signs and wonders, in the laying on of hands to see people healed, to see demons cast out. The Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit are not reserved for a few. They're not reserved for a select few. They're available to anyone who is full of the Holy Ghost. And if you will pray those three things tonight, Pray for the will of God, pray for the boldness of God, and pray for the signs and wonders of God. What will happen here tonight is there is something that is going to happen in the church that will begin to shake this place. And we will walk out of this place in boldness to proclaim the gospel as never before. So right now, would you lift your hands all across this place in a sign of surrender, every hand lifted, and would you begin to ask God that his will would be done in you? Would you begin to surrender everything to him and say, God, not my will, not the way I think it has to be done, but God, whatever you would call me to do. God, I surrender myself. God, I surrender all of me. God, everything that I am, even in this moment, I'm not beyond that. Whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to call me to do, wherever you would send me to go, not my will, but thy will be done.
every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a
everybody that came and participated and allowed this revival to be possible. We'd like to thank Brother Andrew Lucas again one more time for the word, for the ministry. And now we are going to dismiss to, if you are 12 to 18, going to the uh, Family Life Center. We're going to have an afterburner until midnight. We're going to have three-on-three. We're going to have pizza. We have everything. We're excited to go. It's $5 to get in. We're excited to see you over there. center is it is the big metal building across the bridge of the parking lot that is where it will be thank you Show for